0: Good evening. This old bluegrass song. Keep your lamp trimmed and burning. Keep your lamp trimmed and burning. And they finally got something right, worth singing. Keep your lamp trimmed and burning. Oh, and see what the Lord has done. That broke clock was right twice that day, wasn't it? That's a frightening thing. It could be if a, if a man didn't have someone to interpret these things. And they said, you know, if you ain't got oil in your lamp, off with you Where you get old the Lord was speaking to Hosea he said you marry Gomer she's going to run off on you she'll be your bride she's going to leave you and he said she did not know that I gave her corn and I gave her wine and I gave her oil he provides everything needed for his bride in abundance. And if it was left to me, with, with, mo, with all men were most miserable and without hope. That's a terrible thing. The Lord has to provide. Keep your lamp, turned and burning, and see what the Lord has done. <laughs> see what the Lord has done. All right, let's turn over to John chapter 12. Merry Christmas everybody. See you, Lord willing on Christmas Day. Hope you have a good Christmas Eve. And uh we'll have one service on Sunday. One service at 10:30. And that'll that'll be our only, only service that day. One service at 10:30. John 12, we're gonna hopefully just look at the first three verses. But we'll see how long how far we get. Tyler's Message is love, hope, and faith. Love, hope, and faith. Here in John 12, verse 1. It says, Then Jesus, six days before the Passover, came to Bethany. We've been coming through his first 11 chapters of John, and that covers three years of our Lord's earthly ministry. It covers before that. It covers his earthly ministry. And now we got the whole rest of John for how long? A week. A week. He's got a week left to that Passover, to that hour cometh. And he goes to Bethany. His earthly ministry is done. Him preaching in public, that's it. He's teaching his people, and he's ministering to those that are his until that hour comes. It says, Then Jesus, six days before the Passover came to Bethany, where Lazarus was, which had been dead, whom he raised from the dead. The specific man in Bethany. Bethany's a precious place, and about two miles outside of Jerusalem. That's where the Lord came. That's where the Lord's presence was. That's a precious thing. Bethany's a precious thing. I know of a, a whole lot of Bethany's in this generation for now around this world. There's no gospel there in that Bethany any, anymore. There's some Bethany's still. The Lord sustained those. Pikeville, Kentucky, a little hole in the wall. <laughs> ain't, nothing, ain't nothing there. That's a Bethany. Nowra, Australia. Way down south of Sydney. What do they just they got farms down there? That's a Bethany. That's a Bethany. Places in Mexico, little pueblos. India, Africa, the Caribbean, where else? Here and there, off the side of the road, out in the county, little place. There's a Bethany. That's where God meets his people. That's where God meets his people. How do we treat such a Bethany? Just tax them and don't go there and drive around the city. It's <laughs> a precious place, isn't it? Verse 2 says, There they made him a supper. A supper, That's the third meal of the day. I always say them backwards. You don't take a supper bucket to work. You take a dinner bucket to work, don't you? <laughs> Breakfast, dinner, and supper. They made him a supper. Imagine sitting down to eat a supper with the Lord. Imagine that. God Almighty is going to sit down and eat with you. What if it's broccoli? What if it's gluten? <laughs> For me, what if it's carbohydrates? What if, we, what if we decide to have cheesecake? That don't matter, does it? What if it's little tiny white balls of bread? Whatness, manna. Oh, it's who you eating with isn't it. They made him supper, and Martha served, but Lazarus was one of them that sat at the table with him. Then took Mary, a pound of ointment of spikenard, very costly, and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the odor of the ointment. This house smelled so good. This house where these two sisters and a brother were. This house where the Lord met them in Bethany. That's a special place, isn't it? And they they made the Lord's supper. They fixed him dinner, fixed him supper. What a precious thing. All the Lord's ministers are given to hospitality. That's to be to be his servant, you must be given to hospitality, to open your home up to feed others and care for them and those things. That's all of God's people. We labor together. This ain't my church. We use that as well, they they sit under Gabe and they set under John or they said under Todd or something like that. But this ain't my church. This is the Lord's church. I didn't found nothing. Nobody founded nothing. If they didn't, you ain't got nothing. That's the Lord's, isn't it? And we're his tabernacle. We're his temple. This house where he is, this is a precious thing. We all serve. We're all given hospitality. Philemon. Paul wrote to Philemon about Onesimus. And he said, Philemon, to you and your wife and the pastor there and the church that's in your house. That's what he said. The church that's in your house. The church house. This family here in Bethany. They gathered there. The Lord met them. He gathered two or three in their home. That threshing floor outside that field. Boaz told Ruth, he said, I'll meet you over here. This is where you're going to feed. This is where you're going to get fed. There'll be a portion on purpose. (laughs) Purpose is given here. That's where he'll meet with you. That's where our Boaz meets with us, isn't it? At Philippian jail. Turn over. Left. Turn to the left. There, one book. To the right, I'm sorry. I've got, got my rights and the list. I've slept in my bed two times since we've been back. So I'm I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Acts 16. Acts 16. One book to the right. Acts 16. You know, there's another house here, would not there? Where's that? Look up in verse 14. Acts 16, verse 14. Here's Lydia. And a certain woman named Lydia, a seller of purple... Of the city of Thyreta, which worshiped God, heard us. She heard us preaching. Whose heart the Lord opened, and she attended unto the things which were spoken of, of Paul. She That word came to her in power, and she, something happened. She heard, and there was something different that took place in what always did take place, wasn't it? She heard, she attended. And when she was baptized, that's what happened, going all the world Preach the gospel, baptize them. She was baptized, and her household, she besought us, saying, If ye have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come into my house and abide there. And she constrained us. Don't leave. Remember them to the road of Emmaus? And he acted like he's going to keep on going. No, you stay. Stay. I want you with us. I want you with us. That's a precious thing to have brethren over it. Well, here in Acts 16, there in verse... 25. Paul and Silas prayed and they sang praises to God. And all those prisoners, they heard them. They heard them singing and praying. And then that great earthquake came. Didn't it? That earthquake came and shook the ground. Oh, what a horrible thing. What news? No, that's a good thing. <laughs> Tore all the walls down that prison. That jailer looked up and he saw oh. there was accountability and responsibility in those days. And if he failed at his job, they was going to kill him, probably torture him. That's on his head. Responsibility. You did it. It's your fault. You're going to pay the piper. And he thought, well, this would be, be much better for me to commit suicide. And he's going to kill himself. And Paul screamed, don't do it. Don't hurt yourself. Look here in verse 30. They brought them fellows out, Acts 16, 30. He brought them out and said, sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved and thy house. Our Lord tells us this over and over and over and over. Believe, believe, believe. Why? Because you don't. That ain't our instinct. We don't have that nature. He has to put a nature in us to believe. We have to be born again. He has put life in us. We got just as much to do with that second birth as we did that first one. Believe. And they spake unto him the word of the Lord, verse 32, and to all that were in his house. He said, you come over to the house preach to us. (laughs) Tell them the same thing you told me. And he took them the same hour of the night, and he washed their stripes. Who gave them those stripes? Why would you strap somebody? He was at war with them. He was at war with them. And he said, oh, let me make it right. What have I done? If you haven't ever woke up one day and said, I've been at war with a holy God, what have I done? God ain't saved you yet. And the people's been saved way too long. There's a time when not the place I went to was wrong, that I was wrong. I was wrong. I was sat underneath the gospel growing up. I had a faith pastor, one of the best pastors this, nation, this continent's ever seen, if <laughs> I ever will. I woke up one day and I realized I was wrong. I was wrong. That's what it takes. He washed their stripes, and he was baptized. If you won't publicly confess Christ before men, you he won't profess you. Well, it happened when I was in that Armenian church. Well, that's just a good excuse for not doing it now, isn't it? I'm sorry. That's out of love. He's baptized. He and all his straightway they straightway left the boat. They straightway obeyed the master when they had a master now he's got a master master said be ye baptized Is baptized right then what did that eunuch say well wh- there's water what well, keeps me from being baptized Philip baptized in verse 34 and when he had brought them into his house he set meat before them and rejoiced he made them supper midnight chow this was been. <laughs> there's army folks and he rejoiced believing in God with all his house his whole house why was they blessed the gospel was there that's why the gospel was there. Christ was there in power. That's why they were blessed. Why was it a supper? I was so blessed. Christ was there. Why are we having this supper tonight? That's what we've come here to do. If you come here to be seen amen, or to get you praying in, or to do this, or sing aloud so everybody can hear our lovely voices, or do anything else, you're in the wrong spot. You're gonna be a twofold child of hell. That's what the scriptures say. We come here to feed on him. <laughs> Hear him, sir. I would see Jesus. I want to hear about my Lord. Anything else is hogwash. It ain't gonna do you no good. Go, go get you some tickets to the football game. You'd be better off. We come here for him, for him. Oh, and it's blessed. It's blessed to have a place where the Lord meets with His people. He said, "Where two or three are gathered, not where two or three gather, and we're gonna pray until we bend His arm." That ain't God. <laughs> That's a mutiny. <laughs> that ain't going to work out good for you. Where he gathers two or three in his name because he's cared for them. He supplied their oil. That's what he's done. He gave them a lamp. He gave them sight to see if it was light or dark. He gathers them. He meets with them, and that's a precious place. Remember when old Uzzah is coming back and that ark went to fall and he stuck his hand up and it killed him? David was scared. Did you know that? David was afraid. David was afraid of God that day, saying, How shall I bring the ark of God home to me? What are we going to do now? This is bumpy terrain. (laughs) The road's rough. There's going to be some ups and downs. How are we going to do it? So David brought not the ark to himself in the city of David, but carried it aside to the house of Obeddom, the Gittite. He took it to Obeddom. And the ark of God remained with the family of Obeddom in his house three months. That ark stayed there. And the Lord blessed the house of Obedon and all that he had. He blessed him. That ark was Christ. Christ abode in that house for three months. And boy, what a blessing. Boy, what a blessing. Does that mean that if we have a gospel preacher come over to our house, they're going to save everybody in our house? Absolutely not. But the only way God saves his people is through the preaching of the gospel. You can sit down with all the commentaries you want. You can sit down with all the Spurgeon you can read until you throw up and all those things. It ain't going to do you a lick of good unless the Lord sends somebody to preach the gospel to you. That'll bless your whole house. Well, what, it didn't say my children or my brother or my sister or whatever. What did our Lord say? Your mom's out there. She's wanting you. He said, this is my mother. <laughs> You're my brother. You get that? You're my brother. This my house. It'll bless the house, hands down. Won't it? Where's that come from? That's why we do these things. We don't have to have children's programs and coloring books. And all. How did the Lord save children before they had crayons? He gave them the Passover. That's what they're about to the Passover. Why do they have the Passover? He said, that way whenever your children say, Daddy, why do we do this? We was going to die, son. And there was something that died in our place. And God passed over. And he saw the blood, and we lived. Why are you going to church? Why do we come here to eat on a Wednesday night? Because God saved us. And that's the only way God saves folks is under that blood. How are they going to know about it? Got to tell them. <laughs> Got to tell them. What's the result of that? A friend of mine said this years ago. He said, let's bring, pay attention to this. I, boy, the first thing I thought it was Abraham. Abraham, this is a foreign concept. I'm just going to say it. Uh, my house, my rules you young people hear me especially you live in my house my house my rules if you don't like it get your own house abraham governed his house well didn't he we looked at that in genesis A friend of mine said this let's bring the gospel to our house why something good happened in our home god did it what mankind says why something bad happened oh this is terrible you know what happened i take exactly what happened god did something Let's bring the gospel. That's called good news. (laughs) Not bad news. Oh, the government. That's the Lord's government. Stand back and watch what he's going to do. Let's bring the gospel to our house and let's bring our house to the gospel. Let's bring our gospel to our house and let's bring our house to where the gospel is preached. Reasonable service. least I can do. If I love them, if I love them, Children, I love you. That's why you're sitting right there where you're sitting. I had a whole, I'm jumping over my notes. I had a whole message to preach to these young people, and you're the only young people here, and you get it night and day. You're here because I love you. That's the best thing I can do for you is put you under sound of the gospel. What's the result of this blessing? What's the result of the preaching of the gospel? What's the result of being where the word of God is blessed? Look back in our text there, John 12. There's three people I want to look at here. There's three brethren. I want to look at them individually and then collectively. Here, John 12, verse two. They made him a su- supper, and Martha served. Martha served. What's that mean? Love. Love. She served before, but it was different. Lord, correct her, didn't it? She this this time she served and she it was servitude out of love. She had to be taught that. You understand that? Martha gets picked on a whole lot. She had to be taught how to love, and then she served. She's doing a whole lot of stuff before, but she had to be taught that. She's still wired to serve. The Lord just, they, He has some from nature and nurture from the get go. That's what He, the mold He used to make them, and they're going to serve. That's what she was geared to do. But her heart wasn't right before. Now her heart's right. Now she's serving. She didn't tell the Lord to make Mary get to work, did she? I'm, I'm cooking supper. Have her get up, Lord, with her hands on her hips. Don't you care? I'm working my fingers to the bone. You have her get up and be me me, 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 me and picky and pecky and nasty. Nasty, it's what that is. Nasty. No, now she's served. She loves. She didn't dare say, would you get Lazarus up? Get him chopping wood or something. You know how hard it is for me to chop wood? No, you stay right where you at. I wouldn't have Mary get up for nothing. I wouldn't have Lazarus get up for nothing. She served, and she was happy to do what the Lord put in her hand to do. Why? It was a debt of love. We ought, out of a debt of love, it was reasonable service, reasonable service. We need some Marthas. We need the Lord to teach some people about his love towards them, and we need Marthas that will get after it. You see that glass of water right there? I was studying. I was writing all over his notes trying to change Change gears real quick before we, before we started today. And I thought, well, what if I run out of water? Well, a Martha beat me to it. I woke up this morning. I had to have coffee. Well, the coffee's already on. And my cup was sitting out. Wow, Martha beat me to it, didn't she? There's a, de- a desk and a chair in my office. That was there when I got here. Martha's beat me to it. I could study and preach and, and travel and pray and go after these people because most everything's already done. Martha's were there, isn't it? I had tickets to Australia a couple of weeks ago. I didn't pay for that. Martha paid for it. Lord put that in somebody's hand to do. bought a lot of plane tickets this year. I went to Australia, Texas, and Florida, Tennessee, and Virginia, New Jersey, and Rescue. A lot of Marthas, isn't it? That's needed. How did she learn this love? How did she get this heart of service? Where would that come from? Look over in Luke 10. Now we turn to the left. Luke 10. Here in Luke 10, Martha got on to the Lord. Why won't you make her help me? Here in verse 41, And Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful, you're careful. What's that mean? You're full of care. Full of care. You're careful and troubled. When we're full of care, the things of this world and what the burden that we have laid on us, we're troubled. Is that right? Is that your experience? Have you just been like, oh no? And you just wring your hands. Oh, is that helpful? And you're, just, man, I don't think I'm going to take a nap. <laughs> no. You're troubled. You're full of care. You're careful and troubled about many things, but there's one thing needful. Arthur, one thing's needful. Those other things that are going to have to take place. The Lord will handle that. But one thing is needful. And Mary chosen that good part. What's that? Christ. We get so wrapped up in serving God that we're not served by Him. I may never preach another message, ever. I need Him. <laughs> if I wake up tomorrow morning, I don't ever preach again. I need Christ. Hands down. You may never hear another gospel message. God may dry us well up. You need Him. Two Wednesdays in a row, y'all didn't have have anybody here preach for you. You really need Him. Now you start knowing, don't you? You go through a little bit of a micro famine. I need Him. Martha, there's one thing needful. Mary's chosen that good part, which shall not be taken away from her. (laughs) Boy, that's good news to me. (laughs) What if I get tongue cancer? I can't preach them, no more well, my preaching ain't got nothing to do with it it's the Lord that did it it's the Lord that provided it. it's the Lord I need and he shall not be taken away from me he shall not be taken away from me that's good news no matter what people say oh you can't tell folks that no I, I sure can I delight to tell you that if he saved you you'll plumb saved it don't matter I'll make them do what they want that's exactly right they'll serve him they'll love him just like Martha did And they won't gripe and complain about what somebody else is doing or not doing. They'll just do what God put in their hand to do. Christ is the needful. That's the person, isn't it? Look here in John 11. John 11, verse 21. Here's the work he accomplishes. Lazarus has died and Martha says to Lazarus, or Martha says to our Lord whenever he comes to Bethany, verse 21, John eleven, twenty-one. Then Martha said unto Jesus, Lord, if thou hast been here, my brother had not died. But I know, she knows a lot, don't she? she knows everything. <laughs> I know, I know, but I know that even now whatsoever thou would ask of God, God will give it to thee. And Jesus said unto her, Thy brother shall rise again. And Martha said unto him, I know. I know that he shall rise again in the resurrection at that last day. She had her doctrine now, didn't she? Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection. I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. You believe that? Believe that, Martha? And she said unto him, Yea, Lord. I believe that thou art the Christ, the Son of God, which would come into the world. She believed him. She had a Lord. She had a Lord, didn't she? Before, Martha had to serve. i got to do this, and she ain't helping me. Now she gets to serve. That's liberty. She gets to serve the Lord. And if you serve the Lord, you're serving his people. They're, they're, They're one and the same. They're one and the same. Love does something. Love does something. It serves the Lord. It believes Christ and and loves the brethren. That's what we learned the first thing when I got here, wasn't it, 1 John? Believe Christ, love your brethren. Believe Christ, I told you that 114 times. (laughs) It does it. If you believe Him, you're going to love His people, ain't you? But what about Lazarus? Stay there in John 11. Lazarus is hope, Martha's love. Example of love. Lazarus example of hope. He had an expected end. Hope doesn't mean, well, there's a 50-50 shot and I hope it lands the way I want it. No, 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 no. Hope's an expected end. This is surety. What was he doing? He sat at the table. He waited on the Lord. He was waiting on the word of the Lord. Lazarus came out of that tomb. He came forth, didn't he? He wasn't a cripple. He was able to work. He probably did that whole day leading up to this or the week leading up to this. Where do you think Martha and Mary got this stuff? He went to work. And when he got all his work finished, well in time, well prepared, because he built his life around the worship of God, not the worship of God around his life. And he was there waiting, sitting with the Lord, waiting on him, looking at him. What was his expectation? What was his hope? Paul wrote to that church at Thessalonica. He said, but I would not have you be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which were asleep, that's what Lazarus was, remember? The Lord said, he sleeps. They said, so why are we waking him up? He said, he's dead. Don't be concerned about those who are asleep and those that, that sleep in this body that's with the Lord. He said, that you sorrow not even as others which have no hope. I, I, as a Christmas gift, I got a, a funeral preached about a believer that was dear to me, and boy, that's Hopeful. That's, that's good. I was, excited, I was taking notes. <laughs> so I said, I'm preach a funeral someday of a believer. And I look forward to it. Boy, this would be wonderful. If the world wasn't around, we'd just have a good time. <laughs> this is great. Our brother's with the Lord. Paul said, we're not like other people have no hope. He said, for if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. That, that spirit's with the Lord right then. And you go going to have a new body. And however that works out, I'll find out the same time you do. <laughs> we'll see it together. Lazarus had died. The Lord raised him. He was asleep. He came, brought him out of that sleep, didn't he? He knew that. And he said, boy, if this is so. Imagine what's going to happen when I, I'm plum dead, <laughs> when, it's, when I'm over, over. I ain't going to just see a, a, see how these mortal eyes. I'm going to see him because I'm going to be made like him right then. Oh, that's hope, isn't it? What are you gonna do? I'm gonna sit here and wait. <laughs> that faithful man of God down in Arkansas has bodies in the grave. And it says on the tombstone, waiting. Waiting. That's what the body's He's waiting, isn't it? Why did he have hope? The Lord made him alive, didn't it? The Lord made him alive. During John 11, verse 39. Jesus said, Take away the stone. Martha, the sister of him that was dead. What's what can you say good about Lazarus? I'll tell you what his own sister said. She said, Lord, by this time, he stinketh." <laughs> we ought not have opinions about people, should we? And let me give you some good advice. You ought not voice them. If you've got opinions about anything in this world, keep your mouth shut. Just hush. Sit, be quiet, and wait for the Lord to do something. I, I hope I can do that. Whether it's politics or, or public policy or, or, or whatever, road construction, just hush. That's good. Martha said, he stinks he did stink he? was that too hard for the Lord is anything too hard for the Lord mm. he's been dead four days verse 40 and Jesus said in her said I not unto you <laughs> said did I tell you that if thou wast believed I should see the glory of God then took away the stone from the place where the dead was and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said father I thank thee that thou hast heard me And I knew that thou always hearest me, but because of the people which standeth by, I said it, that they may believe that thou hast sent me. Thank you, Lord. And when he had thus spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he that was dead came forth, bound hand and foot with grave clothes. And his face was bound about the napkin. And Jesus said to them, Loose him, let him go. Lucy, he was dead, and now he's alive, and he's going to set with the Lord. He got unwound. <laughs> he's all bound up in religion and all those grave clothes of death, and the Lord said, knock that off of him. He told his servants, Lucy, take that stuff off of him. Get him unwound. Be good for him. Where's he at now? Setting and waiting on the Lord. Many that are given new life. That's a new life, isn't it? He was in a grave and now he's up. That's a, that's a new life. Picturing God putting a new life in his people. Whenever the, the Lord puts a new life in his people, they're so excited and so, and so energized and motivated. And the birds are singing sweeter and they want to do something. They want to serve a lot. They want to serve the Lord and serve his kingdom right then. They want to do things around the church. You know what's good? It's good to sit and listen. Just wait. Sit and listen. Well, what about this? Well, what about that? What about the, You're going to learn. The Lord's going to teach you. Give it, I always say, six weeks, six months, or six years. I don't know how long it's going to be. Sit underneath the preaching of the gospel, and the Lord will, through that one man, not through 50 of them, through that one man, God's going to teach his child. He'll teach you. I, I promise. Just wait. And if the Lord's pleased to put something in your hand to do other than sitting, and that's important, he will. He will. He will, he will equip you. If the Lord's going to give somebody a voice, he's going to give ears to hear, isn't it? That's what's going to happen. If the Lord's going to wants you sweeping floors, he's going to give you a broom. It'll be fine. Don't worry about it. Turn over Ephesians 2. We know this, but it's good to see. He's sitting, isn't he? That's the thing I want you to get. He's sitting. Ephesians 2, verse 1. Here's what happened to Lazarus. Ephesians 2, 1. And you hath he quickened, made alive. That's what it was. He made Lazarus alive, didn't he? who were dead in trespasses and sins, where in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. The exact same thing you hate, that's what you was. That's what your old man is. You get that? Don't be getting down on people just because you ain't drowning some babies in a bathtub. Verse 3, among whom also we all, had our conversation in time passed in the lust of our flesh. And most of that's religion. Most of that's not committing crimes and turning tricks and selling dope and all that stuff. Most of that's religion. Way worse. Fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind. And we're by nature the children of wrath, even as others. That's how we were born. But God, he did all the work. Who's <laughs> rich in mercy for his great love. Wherewith he loved us, not we loved him. That's what Martha and Mary sent word and they said, Lord, the one you love is dead. He's sick. One you love is sick. Not that, well, he loves you a whole bunch. No, that's what matters. His love, wherewith he first loved us. His great love, wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace are ye saved. This is all his grace, unmerited favor, and hath raised us up together and made us sit together. Sit down. God might teach you. You might learn something. Just sit down and learn something. (laughs) Made us sit together in heavenly places. Where? Oh, that's in streets of gold. No, in Christ Jesus. He's he's capital H, heaven. Why would we do such a thing? What would the Lord do if we just sat and listened to him and and was instructed in his word? Verse 7, that in the ages to come, throughout eternity, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness towards us, through Christ Jesus he's going to show us Christ set with Christ where he's preached and you're going to learn about Christ well I need to learn how to live in this world hey, out of come you need to learn Christ that's what you need to learn I need to learn how to love you need to learn about his love I need to learn how to be more faithful you need to learn about he is my faithfulness that's what you need to learn set still be still is a good way of putting it, stand still. That's what Moses said. Fear ye not, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will show you today. Today's the day of salvation. God saves people. People don't save themselves. He just might save somebody today, finally. Boy, wouldn't that be something. Not a business, he ain't out of business, Martha loved, so she served. Lazarus hoped he had an expected end. Life was put in him, and he sat down and he waited on God. Sit there and listen for him. Maybe he might say something. Let's just sit here and be quiet. What about Mary? Oh, what faith. What faith she had. Remember those, uh, everybody wants rules and numbers, did not they? And Peter said, Lord, how many times do I have to fulfill, uh, forgive my brother? They want, that's what they're used to. Their whole life, they're used to law. It's all they've ever heard. It's all they've ever known. that's the framework. That's the grave clothes. How many times? He said 70 times. He said infinite. Infinite. You know what those disciples said? They said, Lord, give us the grace to do that. No, that's not what they said. They said, give us faith. Faith. People go around talking about how much they know about faith, don't know squat. We have to believe God to do that. We have to believe Him to do anything, don't we? Lord, give us faith. Mary had faith. She poured. Martha served. Lazarus sat. She anointed. Look here in John 12, verse 3. Back in her text, John 12, verse 3. Then took Mary a pound of ointment of spikenard, comma, costly. Oh, I didn't know what it says. Very costly. Does that say very costly in your Bible? Mine, it says very costly. Very costly. And anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair. Knowing God is faithful, knowing that everything comes from his hand, believing him. Believing everything he says. I Maybe not understand it, but believing it. She gave every last drop of that spockner to the Lord and have poured it on his feet. She didn't dribble it. She poured it out. Well was that did that she pick it up at the dime store? No, it says it's costly. Very costly. She didn't she didn't go down to Goodwill and get a half empty jar and say, Well, we'll give him some and we'll keep some for later. Martha didn't say, What are you doing? <laughs> Lazarus says, Hey, just use half. He do not need that whole thing. No. He poured it out. Very costly. At great cost. Why? Because it's for the Lord. It's His anyway. It's His. In- well, it, I don't have time to keep going, but uh, Judas is about to pop up. You're wasting the church's money. He didn't care about it. He said, We could have gave back to the poor. He didn't care about the poor. It says so. Look at that next week. But whenever we, if the Lord's put something in your heart, you give the absolute best to Him and His people. And you'll do a second rate. You'll do a second. I'll give you an example. I hope don't embarrass nobody. I went to a church that's brand new. Them brethren have labored and labored and spent and spent and did overtime and got second jobs and did everything they could to build that church building, and it's beautiful. And I was walking by and I saw something hanging on the wall. You know what I saw? One of them Dyson stick vacuums. And I said, right there, four hundred fifty dollars hanging on the wall. That old Judas and me said, boy, could have saved that. Oh, this is a Lord's house. I'll get a broom and a dustpan for my house. This is a Lord's house. You give him your first fruits, not your first twigs and your first leaves and your first mulch, first fruits. (laughs) That's commitment. God did a work in somebody's heart to do that. People say, well, you got to be diligent with the Lord's money. He ain't going to run out. (laughs) It'll be all right. We're going to be good stewards, not be foolish, but he ain't going to run out. Was she worried about it? Was Mary worried about it? No. Why? She had faith. She believed God. She didn't give a half measure. She gave the whole pound. And she worked it out just like her brother, just like her sister. She got it from somewhere. And I tell you what, she didn't steal it. and She didn't get it from a government handout neither. She went and earned it, worked for it, sweat for it, didn't she? And she did it by his feet. She gave that ointment of Spocknord very costly. And she anointed the feet of Jesus. Why would she do that? Humility. Humility. Not uppity. Uh, Judas kissed him, didn't it? Saw him face to face, eye to eye with him. Because as equals. Not this one. She got to his feet. I thought of Ruth on that one too. Naomi instructed Ruth. She said, you wash yourself. Therefore, anoint thee. Make sure you smell good. Put on thy raiment. Get up and get down to the floor." She said, you go get dressed. Prepare yourself for what's about to happen. Don't come in haphazardly. Prepare yourself. Be diligent. She said, you go down to the floor and make not thyself known to the man until he hath done eating and drinking. You let him eat and drink first. Don't interrupt him. Keep your mouth shut. Get yourself ready. Go down there. And when he lies down, thou shalt mark the place where he shall lie. You pay attention where he goes. And you go in and you uncover his feet. Naomi told Ruth, you go down there to Boaz, and whenever he lays down, you keep quiet, dress yourself up, and whenever he lays down, you uncover his feet, and you lay down by his feet, and he'll tell you what you should do. Bow to the Lord Jesus Christ. Bow. You come to his feet. Don't you come to his to, to his hip? Don't you come to his hand? Everybody's coming to Jesus for a handout. Oh, Lord, won't you buy me a new Mercedes Benz and heal my cancer? You come to his feet thanking him. And you know what Boaz told Ruth? He said, you ask, and I'll give it to you, whatever you want. <laughs> if you come to the Lord Jesus Christ's feet, you want life, you want forgiveness, you want mercy, you want to be with him. And he says, you yeah, ask, I'll give it to you. Ask, I'll give it to you. And she wiped her feet, his feet with her. This costly ointment that she labored for, she sweat for. That's how she got her bread, wasn't it? Sweating. Good thing, dude, got a fever? Go break a sweat. Go to work. If you're bored, go to work. If you're broke, go to work. That's good. Isn't it? And it was costly. And she, got it and she just poured it all out on his feet. And she was by his feet. And she wiped his feet with her hair. Hmm. Paul told the church of Corinth, he said, but if a woman have long hair, it is a glory to her. For her hair was given for a covering. If a woman's got long hair, that's a glory to her. Now, let me tell you something. If you think that means if you've got long hair, you've got glory, you're a fool. And you don't know God, and you don't know the Scriptures. You ever ask Him to teach you something? What's that mean? Oh, it's given to her for a covering, long hair for a woman's a covering. We need a covering. How much do you need covered? A little bit. How much of your leprosy do you need took care of? A little bit. Ah, oh, to those that are forgiven much, they forgive. Those that are loved much, they love much. Those that's been shown a whole lot of mercy. Been covered a whole lot. Yeah, they're more likely to cover, ain't they? They are. She took her hair. What was her glory? What some people think, well, look at me. <laughs> people spend a whole, there's beauty salons all around this place. Oh, Henry said, they walk in there, they walk out better looking than they walked in. He said, I guess they earn their money. Uh, but the, people spend a whole lot of time. That's their glory. And they flaunt it in ignorance. Look at my long hair. She took her hair and she wiped his feet with them. Anything that's my glory is nothing compared to you who is my righteousness. You who are glory. All glory is to you, Lord. To you. Believers are all three. We see one that serves. That's love. We see one that's sitting still and waiting. Has a good hope. Solid hope. Steady hope. I ain't but I ain't, I ain't leaving. I love my master, love my wife, loves my children. I ain't going nowhere. <laughs> and Lazarus, sit down right there, and we see one that has deep faith that trusts the Lord for everything, and each one of his children's all three. We're all three. If you if he's loved you, you love him, and if he's loved you, you serve him. He said, "My sheep hear my voice; they know me. I love them; they love me, and they follow me." He don't have any lazy servants in his house. If I own a company, I don't have any lazy people work for me. I'll fire. (laughs) He makes his people that way. And boy, do they have faith because he's faithful. He's faithful. Believers are all three at different times and sometimes all at once. ain't it? But when we serve out of love, not out of necessity, when we trust the Lord, we sit with him and we sit with his people and we wait on that good hope. And when we have faith, to discard all of our experience, to throw away all of our glory, all of our accomplishments, all the things that we think we've done something, all of our pomp and our ceremony, and we just worship. When we serve in love, when we trust and sit with him, and when we, we have the faith to actually worship, to sacrifice ourselves and say he's our only sacrifice. Oh, that smells good. That's a sweet smelling savor, Do you know. That? Look here at verse three. Then Mary took a pound of ointment and of spikenard, very costly, and anointed the feet of Jesus, and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the odor of ointment. Oh, that whole place smelled like spikenard. That was that was humility. Humility smells good. You you everyone y'all grown, even you young people. You know somebody's uppity and, and arrogant, and they know everything underneath the sun, and the name of every helicopter and the name of everything underneath. Ugh, they don't smell good. Just You turn your nose up, don't you? When they're hum- and humble. When they do something out of necessity, well, i got to do this. Uh, uh, when they do it out of love, boy, that smells good. <sighs> it's relaxing, isn't it? That's good. When they have a good hope, somebody's just fretting and worried and going around this world like, oh, 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 just worried and flailing their hands and arms and they don't know what to do and they're scared all the time. <laughs> oh, when they fear not the Lord did this. I have a, we haven't expected then. God saved his people. Well, that smells good. That smells good, don't it? Paul said, for we are unto God a sweet savor of Christ. To them that are saved and to them that perish. To, them that are, to the one we are the savor of death unto death. And to the other the savor of life unto life. Who's sufficient for these things? Who's, all I can do is tell good news. And there's going to be people that say, I hate that man. And if they wasn't a the law in this country, I'd take a rock and bash his brains in. That's what we're going to see here soon. They're going to try to kill Lazarus. Next week, they're going to try to kill him. Not just the Lord, Lazarus, too. It's, let's kill him. Lazarus hadn't said nothing ever. He, he was sitting there quiet. <laughs> they wanted to kill him. But to those that get good news, is good news, too. Oh, how precious. Turn over Ephesians 5, and I'll close. Ephesians 5. We'll begin in verse 1, Ephesians 5, 1. Be ye therefore followers, servants, ministers, followers, sheep. (laughs) Be ye therefore followers of God as dear children, loved children, and walk in love as Christ also hath loved us and hath given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savor or a sweet-smelling savor. That's just like we looked at Jacob and Esau. I, 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 Lord, come, I want to look like my older brother. I want to feel like my older brother. I want to have the works that my elder brother performs. I want to smell like him. I want to smell like him. I want to go by his feet. Nothing in this world matters. I want to worship him, trust him, have a good hope, and love him and love my brethren. That's, my, that's what my desire is. That smells good. And I like being people that's got the same thing. No matter what continent we're on, no matter what, what age it is, it don't change. It's the same thing. All right, let's pray together. Father, thank you for this hour. Thank you for your word. Lord, bless us. Make us sit. Make us love. Make us have the faith of Christ. Lord, and keep us as you've promised you will. We're so prone to wonder and so prone to forget. Turn to this world and turn to the things of this world. Turn to ourselves. Lord, turn us. Repent us to Christ. Oh, what a sweet saver he is. Keep us as you've promised till that day we're made like him. Lord, give us a word to bring our whole house where the gospel's preached and Make us faithful servants. Put things in our hands and then enable us. Make us. Give us the power to perform the will that you've given us. Make us know the difference. Nor forgive us for what we are. Be with our brethren who aren't here with us and comfort them and make Christ their all in all. It's in his name that we ask it. Amen.